At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. All righty, what's happening, people? Welcome to it. It's time for the start of another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always. Remember, you can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke5. And then, of course, Rush Hour, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and the Marquee Sports Network. If you're not able to get a hold of us live down at the Sportsbook and naturally our podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts available, not only Rush Hour, but all of our shows and podcasts, CityCasts, courtesy of VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Had a good night last night, right? We just had the one play in terms of the White Sox and Angels was definitely not sweat-free to say the least, as the Angels did cash for us, minus a buck thirty-seven, we get the dub. Uh, thankfully, when we fade the White Sox, the bullpen treats us fairly well, right? I mean, they left in Syndergaard a little bit too long, and finally the White Sox cashed in. And well, then uh, you brought in who? Ronaldo Lopez, and uh, he did White Sox bullpen things that we have been accustomed to seeing this year. Which, for us Angels backers, if you tailed, was obviously fun and great and needed but if you're a White Sox fan or backer that's just making you rip your hair out it's tough but that's why we don't trust the White Sox late in games and we'll tell you why that could be interesting with their next game tonight but we do move on our Major League Baseball record to 42 35 and 1 
Hoping to keep that going tonight with a couple of plays. I'll dish out one of them here on the CityCast and the other tonight on Rush Hour. But this show, like I said, Reds and Cubs, we'll talk about a new series with the Cubbies. And then, of course, Game 2 in the series out in La La Land with the Angels and the White Sox. And then we'll talk a little bit more about football. Now, yesterday I gave out the play with the Vikings. We were talking about the Packers. Why not go ahead and uh, dive into the Lions and then we'll get into the Bears. I know I've talked about the Bears extensively, but just to kind of refresh it in case anybody's missed my thoughts on it originally. Beginning with baseball, though, let's kick things off, folks. The Cubbies at home opening up a new series against the Reds. The Reds just took two out of three at San Francisco, whereas the Cubs also took two out of three, however, at St. Louis. Weather conditions, warm day here, mid-70s, right? Wind blowing out to straight center field about 11 miles per hour, so keep that in the back of your noggin when you're looking at this total. Uh, Luis Castillo going to be taking the bump for the Reds. Now, Castillo's been a strong pitcher for the Reds. He's been a bright spot for the past couple of years. He really had a stellar year. I think it was like three years ago, and then he's kind of declined. But he's slowly been picking it back up. But it doesn't help him when he's pitching at the Great American Ballpark, at the hitter's ballpark, right? His numbers are a lot better on the road since when he's pitching on the road, it's not at a hitter's ballpark. And on the road, he's got a 270 ERA, a 252 WOBA, and a 306 FIP. Really great numbers out of Castillo. Now, in comparison to his overall numbers, he's 2-4 and four with a 371 ERA, a 346 FIP, a 114 whip, and a 387 Sierra. So despite him having to pitch at the Great American Ballpark, overall his numbers are still pretty strong, folks. Now, he has faced the Cubs once this season. This was on May 25th when five innings allowed four hits, just two earned runs, racked up six strikeouts, and the Reds won that day 4-3. Can he replicate that tonight? The Cubs against righties aren't bad. They're fine. Nothing that's going to give you boost of momentum toward wanting to bet them by any stretch of the imagination. At least that's how I would imagine. But look, 706 OPS, you need that higher. 300 Babbitt, good. 312 Woba, good. 98 WRC plus, you can live with that. The numbers against righties do get better at home, though, for Chicago. And the good news, hey, maybe if you want to look at a prop here, Wilson Contreras is 7 for 15. With three doubles and a homer against Castillo. Ian Happ, batting 330 with three homers and 10 RBIs in 24 games this month. He's 8 for 22 himself, along with a home run against Luis Castillo. So maybe if you want to look into the prop section of this game, total bases, hits, whatever it may be, uh, consider Wilson Contreras and then maybe a little bit on Ian Happ, but more so Wilson Contreras. Let's see if they got it posted up here. I never really look at the total bases, but Wills Contreras, over one and a half bases plus 114. Not bad. Not bad. And Ian Happ over one and a half plus 140. There's some value for you right there. Yeah, I've never done a total bases bet, but I've I've been more intrigued by them as of late. The wind is blown out. Contreras, he just needs a double to get over that, right? think he could do that if not against Luis Castillo against his abysmal Reds bullpen right something to consider maybe I'll have a play in that by the time we get to rush hour because honestly I'm just looking at this now because I don't really look at the props that much especially the total bases and honestly by the time they get posted it's a little bit later in the day but this one was posted earlier 
But yeah, I don't hate that idea with Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ would probably give more conviction to Wilson Contreras just based off that success, folks. But let's look at the side of the Cubs things while we're on that matter, and especially with the pitching. Keegan Thompson, he will be taking the bump for the Cubbies. Thompson, talk about bright spots. Aside from a couple starts, he's been that bright spot. He's 7-2, he's got a 3-1-0 ERA, 4-15 FIPS, so his ERA not really is not really a true indicator of what to expect out of Keegan Thompson. The FIP more so is, and that's at 4-1-5. But he does have an 80% left on base percentage, a 115 walks and hits per innings pitched, and a 392 Sierra. Overall, not too shabby out of Keegan Thompson. His last two starts, he's combined for 12 innings, allowed just six hits and one earned run. 16 strikeouts throughout those two games, and those were the two wins against Atlanta and Pittsburgh. He's been a stud the last couple. He has not faced the Reds this year, but at home, Keegan Thompson has been even better. 192 ERA, 271 weighted on base average, and a 338 FIP. So for whatever reason at Wrigley, Keegan's crushing it. You've seen it happen. Why not be able to happen against this Reds team that has better numbers when they're at home naturally at a hitter's ballpark? The numbers get worse on the road. And overall versus righties, they're not that great. I mean, 676 OPS, 286 BABIP, 299 WOBA, and an 86 WRC+. Could this be the Cubs' night? You think they should win this game? Well, remember, their bullpen, not the greatest. 461 ERA, 133 whip. But the good news is, Cincinnati has the highest bullpen ERA in all of Major League Baseball. 524 and a 145 whip out of the Cincinnati Reds. So let's be honest. If Castillo doesn't have damn near a perfect game, not actually, but you get what I'm saying. If he can limit the Cubs to two or less, heck, maybe even three or less, the Reds could win this game. But with that bullpen, ideally, he could limit the Cubs to, yeah, two to three. But if he's not doing it, it's not going to be good for the Reds. Because Keegan Thompson, I feel like, can get by a little bit here. Like, Keegan Thompson could surrender three runs, and I would feel confident with the Cubs still winning against the Reds. You don't want Keegan Thompson giving up five. Four, well, you better hope it's a high-scoring game on both ends. But if Keegan Thompson could keep three or less, I think the advantage goes with the Cubbies here. Now, the Cubs, I opened them up at minus 120. I put the Reds at plus 110, and I put the total at 9. Despite these pitchers having good performances as of late, the wind's blowing out and the bullpens are bad. And they're both vulnerable to getting rocked from time to time, so total I opened at 9. Bet Rivers opened the total at 8.5. Not too far off, it has ticked up to 9 though. They had the Cubs minus 115 and the Reds minus 105. Remember, I had minus 120 and Cincinnati plus 110. Not too far off, folks. Not too far off at all. But where are these numbers currently? That's what we can that's what we're concerned about, right? That's what we care about right now. And if you look, the Cubs are minus 114 and the Reds are minus 103. Total, like I said, has ticked up to nine. And the juice is actually still on the over nine. Now it's minus 117. I would look Cubs in this game. I really would. 
But is Keegan Thompson due for a bad start? Now, if it were on the road, I'd probably gravitate toward yes, especially if they're playing the Reds on the road. But he has been very consistent at home. The Cubs are just a tricky team to back, right? That's why we were very selective, and we did it against the Pirates because they had an unknown guy pitching. The Reds got Luis Castillo, a guy who's supposed to be their ace. So it's a little bit of a different story here. But what I will say is my strong lean does go to the side of the Cubbies. And I think if you want to, you should definitely consider those props for Contreras and half, but more so Wilson Contreras over one and a half bases. I might have to throw a little bit on that. Seven for 15, three doubles in a home run versus Castillo. That's tempting. Might have to pull the trigger on that one, folks. But nothing official right now. Like I said, if I do have an additional play for this game, will be added to the slate during rush hour. I do got a bet for the White Sox-Angels game yet again. And no, folks, I'm not looking to fade the White Sox here, believe it or not. I actually think the White Sox are the rightful favorite in this game, despite the odds makers telling me that I'm wrong, that I'm completely off on it. Because, folks, I opened the White Sox minus 118 when I set my lines. And I put the Angels at even money. I put the total at 9.5. The wind's blowing out 9 miles per hour to center field. Warmer day out in L.A. They're putting out Chase Silseth, I think is how you say his name. He's only pitched 16 innings. Four games started. He's 1-2 with a 4.96 ERA. 6-4-4 FIP. 25% home run to fly ball ratio and a 4.94 Sierra. Why would the Angels be the favorite here? He's got a 1-4-7 whip. His numbers at home are even worse. 519 ERA, 648 FIP, and a 439 weighted on base average. And folks, that's with two of his starts coming against the Oakland Athletics. In his most recent start, he only went 1.2 innings pitched at Philadelphia, allowed four hits, four earned runs, and two homers. So again, why are the Sox not considered the right side here? Well, because we haven't discussed their pitcher, Johnny Cueto. Now, Johnny Cueto's 1-4. So you're like, all right, yeah, they lose when he pitches. No, let's look at the context a little bit. He's got a 319 ERA. Great for Johnny Cueto at this point. Are you kidding me? Great for anybody. All right, but Danny, you always talk about the true indicator. What's his fit at? 363. Incredibly manageable and respectable. Sierra, 398. Not bad. Not bad at all. Same with his whip, 1.15. The odd thing about Cueto is he has struggled at guaranteed rate field for whatever reason. I think the Sox had lost three out of four games or however many it was at home. The Sox just had been terrible when Cueto's pitching at home. But on the road, it's been different. The Sox have won three out of four games on the road in which he has started. One was against the Astros, one was against the Yankees, and I think the other was against the Royals. I think the one loss was at Toronto against the Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken. So on the road, he's got a 108 ERA, a 245 Woba, and a 273 FIB. Buddy, where is this coming from? And he has pitched well against the Angels in his career, going 4-0 with a 134 ERA and five starts. New team, new outlook, understood. I get it, but still a little bit of a backbone to rest on there. 
It's understood and acknowledged and recognized that the White Sox struggle against righties. But this is one of those situations, just like we're, when, when we're being selective, like we were with Keegan Thompson against the Pirates and the Cubs against the Pirates, you gotta back them, even though if they're struggling against righties in the spot, against an unknown commodity, and still Seth is that guy. You just need to count on Cueto here, right? The Angels, yeah, they can hit righties, but Cueto, like we said, has been on one. He's been pretty good. And the Angels are missing a couple of pitchers in the bullpen because of the suspensions now. Their interim manager, obviously, is out as well. But then you're like, well, Danny, you just you just boasted about the White Sox bullpen giving you a win by fading them again. You want to take the White Sox here? Um... I do give them the advantage for the full game, but that's a good point. We we really can't invest in this White Sox bullpen, and it's not like the Angels have the best bullpen, especially with a couple guys missing. But the main reason I'm betting this game is because of the starters, correct? Well, why not look at a betting angle where it's only involved with the starters, which would be the first five? And plus 118 is the best number you can get, and that is courtesy of Bet Rivers right now. The White Sox 3-1 on the first five money line on all of his road starts. The only loss, like we said, at Toronto. By the way, I don't think I said it, but so I opened up the White Sox minus 118, right? That's why I was saying. And then the Angels even money, total 9.5. The White Sox is the favorite, remember. Bet Rivers... Open up the Angels as the favorite, and not only the favorite, but a fairly comfortable favorite at minus 135. And then the White Sox plus 115. They put the total at 9. I don't know if I've had that big of a discrepancy with my handicapping compared to the odds, or the odd, odds makers as of this point from doing the city cast this baseball season. Why would the Angels be the favorite? Yeah, the White Sox are banged up. They don't hit righties well. But Cueto's been okay in these spots, right? And Silsath, who the hell knows with this guy? I'm not saying that the White Sox win this game 9 out of 10 times. But I'm saying because of the value and because of what we just went over, I think if they're giving you plus money, you gotta consider the White Sox here. Now remember, plus 112 right now for the full game, Angels minus 134. Most markets have been trending toward the White Sox. Total resides at 9, shaded to the under, minus 120. But you're right, I don't want to trust this White Sox bullpen, so instead, I'm going to bet the first 5, plus 118. Better value than the full game. Don't have to trust the White Sox bullpen. You're limiting the opportunities the Angels bats of Trout and Hotani and company can get. So yeah. I'll opt into the first five money line with the White Sox as an underdog. And you know what? If it doesn't come through, so be it. The odds makers were right. But the market's moving toward the White Sox, and I do think the advantageous pitching matchup goes toward the Southsiders here. So that's a bet I'm willing to take in this spot with the White Sox. I'm sorry I faded you last night, Chicago. Had to do it. Now's your chance to bounce back and cash us another winner. Let's go, baby. So that's the one play I got in baseball revolving around a Chicago team. Like I said, if I got anything with the Cubs, we'll add it later tonight on Rush Hour. I do have one other play in baseball, but I'm going to save that for Rush Hour. All right, got to give you a little tease, a little incentive to tune into Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. All right, quick break here, folks. 
So like I said, we've got some football to talk. We'll revisit the conversation with the Bears' win total and their odds to make the playoffs and why I'm a little bit more bullish on them than most people. Then how about the Detroit Lions? Can they actually be competitive this year? And should they be a shorter shot to win the division than the Bears? I don't know. That's what Bad Rivers is telling you. We'll explain more on that next. Right here, it is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, let's get back into the mix here on the CityCast, talking some football, NFC Northwise, the Bears, and the Detroit Lions. Let's go ahead and begin with our very own Bears, their odds to make the playoffs posted at the Bet River Sportsbook. The no minus 560. Can't be mad about it. You realize there's not really playoff expectations. The yes is plus 400, 4 to 1. You bet 100, you get 400 back if they do find a way into the postseason. But where our attention is mostly diverted to is the win total, right? A little bit more uh, feasible in terms of betting it. Over 6.5 minus 104, under 6.5 minus 120. Now, while we're going over those numbers, just remember that you can search around and find better value because over 6.5 I've seen in the plus money range for the Bears in some spots. But over is minus 104 at Bet Rivers. Under 6.5 wins is the favorite, minus 120. Last year, they were 6-11, and 11, right? Last year, they had one of the worst coaching staffs of all time. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that. Matt Nagy was the worst head coach I have seen in my entire life. On a consistent basis, I guess you could say. I'm sure there's been worse, but you'd be hard-pressed to find worse play calling than what was installed into that Bears offense with a terrible offensive line and a rookie quarterback. My goodness, the fact that Justin Fields still wants to play football is a miracle. And you couldn't blame him if he didn't want to. Jeez. But like I said... You know, I'm higher on this Bears team than a lot of people are. And maybe not in the sense that they can close games out and stack up the W's. But more so that they can be competitive. Everybody's freaking out. Oh, they didn't get a big name in free agency, right? They didn't get, you know, a big receiver in the draft. They got Velas Jones Jr., who, you know, a lot of people are unknown about him. But what is known is that he is speedy, he does have a big presence, and he's an older, more mature guy. And you're hearing good things about him already. You lost Allen Robinson? Big freaking whoop. What did he do last year? Nothing. I cashed his unders last season with a breeze, right? Like, that was the easiest profit I've ever had in my life. Robinson didn't want to be here. He was a terrible teammate by the end of his tenure as a Bear. Good luck in Los Angeles, buddy. We don't need you here. 
Do we need other receivers? Yes, but we don't need Allen Robinson, who's given up on blocking for his rookie quarterback. You act like it's Fields' fault. Buddy, it's Matt Nagy's fault. It's your terrible offensive line's fault. It's your fault because when you catch a ball, you fall down every single time. You know, no reason to get into a rant about A-Rob. He's not a bear anymore. I seriously do wish him the best. I mean, he's a great guy, but there's just so many frustrating moments with him. My point is Darnell Mooney emerged as a really good receiver. Should he be a wide receiver one? Probably not. Is he going to have to be? Yeah, he is going to have to be on the Bears. And I think he's willing to take on that role such as he did last year. Now, aside from him, you got Byron Pringle. One of the speediest guys in the NFL can make a play happen 80-plus yards on any given second. Vellis Jones Jr., like we said, hey, if he can be impactful, just be more than Allen Robinson. That's all we need. The big thing here, and this is really going to be the difference maker in the season, Cole Komet, this is his year. Because if, if it's not this year, it's never. Right? There's a lot of hope and expectation for Cole Komet, the local kid out of Arlington Heights. Shout out AH, went to Viter, went to Notre Dame. He has good moments. He has good highlights. He's a tough kid who wants to play and clearly loves the game. But there have been issues with him. Dropped balls. Not getting open looks. Just not getting a lot of opportunities in itself. But now this can change with a new coaching staff. He needs to be implemented more consistently. And he needs to make the plays himself more consistently. And a lot of sentiment around the Bears, just media, just team, is that, yeah, this is his breakout year. It has to be, and I think it will be. He has the tool set to be a stud as a tight end. I hope that gets exposed in the right way this year. And we didn't even mention you still got Herbert who emerged as a stud last season. You got David Montgomery who's been rock solid his career. The offensive line can only go up. More time for Justin Fields to throw the ball. More security. You get to see what type of quarterback he actually can be. What his skill set is. They can't be as bad as they were offensively offensively last year, right? Like, you can only go up, it seems. And you do get the benefit for an easier schedule. Now, the concerns, yeah, defense. But you did draft your first two guys throughout the secondary. Probably going to lose Robert Quinn. It's an offensive-oriented league. You can give up points. And I'm not saying you want to or that you should have a team that's vulnerable to doing that, but... Look, the Bears ain't competing for a Super Bowl this year. We'd be lucky if they were even in the conversation for the postseason toward the latter half of the year, right? So that's why I'm saying you could get away with this. You could get away with it this year in the sense that you can still be competitive offensively, give us hope for a good offense for once in our Bears fans' lives, and then just make these games close because of the offense. You're not expecting the defense to be good. Most people aren't expecting squat. But I'm expecting this offense to be improved with Getze making the play calls. Eberflus is just being more of the CEO and trying to micromanage everything like a former bald man who was a head coach here. And again, this schedule is beneficial to the Bears. And let me tell you why. They're winnable games. Week 3 versus Houston. Texans may be the worst team in the league. Week 4 on the road against the Giants. Daniel Jones, are you kidding me? No. Week 6 versus Washington have been very adamant that I am not high on Carson Wentz. Maybe they have better talent on their team, okay. But that's a game the Bears could win at home. Especially if they got a little bit of momentum heading into Week 6. 
just for the fact that maybe they started off their season fairly well or just competitively. Week 9 versus Miami, you know my thoughts on Tua, not sold, and he'd get them at home. Week 10 versus Detroit, any game against the Lions is winnable, just as any game against the Bears is winnable. Week 11 at Atlanta, Falcons could be one of the worst teams. Mariota being your quarterback, all right. Week 12 at New York against the Jets. Jury's still out on Zach Wilson and Sala and company. Yeah, they got a bunch of draft picks, but who knows? Week 17 at Detroit, you know why that's in that column. Losable games. The games I think, yeah, you're probably going to lose these games 95% of the time. Week 2 at Green Bay. Week 5 at Minnesota. Week 7 at New England. Week 8 at Dallas. Week 13 to get Green Bay at home. And week 16 versus the potential Super Bowl champs, the Buffalo Bills. Don't really need to go into the reasons why the Bears are probably going to lose those games. Toss-up games. The 50-50 boys. Week 1 versus the 49ers. Now I get it. The Bears are almost a touchdown underdog. We were just talking about this with Chuck Esposito. Will the line get pushed up to 7? Probably. If it does, hey, I'd be tempted to take it. You've got all summer to prepare for this Week 1 game. They've got the momentum of a new regime and a more comfortable offense, you would imagine, at home against a 49ers team that, yes, has a great coach and great teammates all around, but you have a big question mark at quarterback yourself. Was Garoppolo still hasn't thrown yet? He just got surgery or something. And Trey Lance, okay, we're hearing decent things, but I'm not going to believe it till I see it on the field. So that's a 50-50 game, despite what the line is telling you. Week 15 versus Philly. That's a toss-up because I'm not that high on Philly. It's later in the season, and it's right after your bye week. More time to prepare. Week 18 versus Minnesota. Will the Vikings be trying? Last game of the season, will they have everything solidified, locked up, or will they need to win that game? That's why it's a 50-50. But my projection, being optimistic, being bullish, and I typically am not with Chicago sports unless the team's really good, and especially not with the Bears as of late, folks. You should know this if you've ever listened to one of my shows this past year, during the past football season, rather. I'm putting the Bears at 7-10. and 10. Now, realistically, the range to me is either six or seven. I think they fall on six or seven, hence win total had six in the hook. But based on the price, meaning if you get plus money to the over, I think I would rather bet the over than the under. I've told you why I think they'll be okay and it won't be as terrible as a lot of people are leading you to believe. Fields can only get better. The offensive line can only get better. The play calling can only get better. The defense may get worse. But at least you got a defensive head coach who can help improve that and alter whatever changes you need to help improve as soon as possible, you would hope. I'm just saying, competent coaching, easier schedule, recipe for going over a win total. Not saying I'm betting it, but that's where I would go with our Bears. All right. What about the Detroit Lions, folks? To make the playoffs up in the Motor City, the yes is plus 340 and the no minus 455. Their win total also at 6.5 over under minus 110. Last year, this Lions team finished 3-13-1. So why are they 9-1 to win the North and the Bears are 13-1? Well, you got more of a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff. Would you rather have him over Justin Fields? Hell no. But the Lions were also incredibly banged up last year. You got to think they can stay somewhat healthier. And Dan Campbell proved to be a pretty solid coach having his team, despite all the adversity, fight in every single game. They were so close to getting a lot of wins. Couldn't do it, 
but maybe they can do that and get over the hump this year. Well, what about their winnable games? Are there really any? I only got three. Week two versus Washington, and I don't even really want to classify that as winnable, but because I put it for the Bears, I'll give it to the Lions, I guess. Week four versus Seattle. Seahawks are going to be a mess. Week 13 versus Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville could be better. I mean, I don't really feel great about the Lions in any of those games, but if I'm trying to be nice and give them some, those would be, those would be it. Losable games. Week three at Minnesota. Week five at New England. Week 7 at Dallas. It is post-bye week, but you're on the road in Jerry World. Tough post-bye week. Week 9 versus Green Bay. Week 10 at Chicago. Chicago's going to win one of them. Why not be the one at home? Week 12 versus Buffalo. Week 14 versus Minnesota. Week 18 at Green Bay. However, will the Packers be trying or have it locked up? Toss-up games. Week 1 versus the Eagles. You have all summer to prepare. Week 8 versus Miami. You know my thoughts on Tua. Week 11 at the Giants, week 15 at the Jets, week 16 at Carolina, that team's in shambles, and week 17 versus the Bears. Lions could definitely sneak one against Chicago. But I only had three winnable games, and I didn't even feel that great about them. A lot of losable games, so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, so that's at least 8 losses for the losable games. In the toss-up games, I put 6 of them. Give or take, you know, at least half you're going to lose. At best, so that's 11 losses. And you win three, then you give them the three winnable games just to be nice. I put them at 6-11. and 11. And that's with me not even feeling that great about it. So if I did have to lean one way, yeah, I'd probably bet under 6.5. But that doesn't mean we have to. The beauty about it is, hey, you can bet these adjusted win totals throughout the season. And we've done that before and we've cashed on it. Sometimes these markets overreact like no other. I think it was the Broncos won a big game or a couple and it went up to like nine and a half last year. I'm like, what the hell? We thought this team was going to stink and they've kind of been getting lucky despite getting the wins and they had a tough schedule coming up. So we bet the under and it came through with ease. There are a lot of situations like that and there will be. And maybe the Lions get off to a decent start and then he could jump in on their under or heck, maybe you just don't want to do anything with the Lions because you don't know what the hell's going on there in Detroit that's fine as well but I would lean under if anything for the Lions and yeah believe it or not I would lean over if anything for the Bears because of the price because of the competency we can assume hope and pray for throughout the coaching staff and the more favorable schedule and Justin Fields our guy is going to take a big step forward you can only go up based on what we saw last year you better believe that all right that's all I got for today's episode of the Chicago City Cast. Apologies if you hear a little bit of snoring in the background. Uh, my dog is just comfortably passed away right now. Just up oh, there, you go. Woke her up a little bit. She's like, "You talking crap?" Well, yeah, you're snoring over there, Mona. Jeez. All right, so my bad. She's snoring away, but we're excited. We've got plenty of content throughout this summer and tonight on Rush Hour. Again, make sure you check it out. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio, and of course, VSIN.com and the VSIN app. Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast. Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast, going to be hopping on as our two guests tonight. A couple more baseball plays we'll dish out and much more NFL content. Until then, take care and best of luck with all your wagers, folks.